your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and maybe a little bit different look if you're watching on YouTube. We stated yesterday we were having some issues, some technical issues with the, with the, uh, the service that we use, and we just couldn't get it right again. So we went to the old tried and true Zoom to record this bad boy so no fancy graphics but you don't need that to be a uh, killer avalanche podcast that's just that's all that's all fancied up for all all you people and we don't we don't need that around here that's right we're going old school baby that's, yeah man we're kicking it from you know 2018 style my man so <laughs> uh but obviously all that matters is the uh, context of the show so for today Terry Lankinen is en route to canada to meet up with his new teammates it got pushed through so we'll talk about that what that all means and then there's some good articles coming out on the athletic if you do subscribe to the athletic about the gm meetings going on right now so some good things that they're talking there kyle and i will kind of uh throw our two cents into the mix uh being the couch gms that we are but first things first follow the show on social media outlets lp and underscore avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche. On Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. And obviously, because we're doing it this way, we're not live today. Once we get all that situated, we will be going back to the live versions because uh, those are definitely fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, were you getting to the the point of like, I, the Lankinen thing is just going to keep dragging out? into who knows when because i was getting there i was like i just don't there's nothing coming out about this as to why it's taking so long and i got to the point where it's just like nope uh we're we're not gonna have i'm preparing for life without our terry lincoln in already (laughs) and we haven't even had life with him basically yeah, I was honestly about to get on bet online and start and put in a bet <laughs> where if yeah. it was Lankinen, Gerard, or Landeskog, who do you see first? Oh, <laughs> see that that I know. And it was getting down that road, even though you know Landeskog's not till the end of the year. Uh, and maybe I'm being a little bit overdramatic, but it was just like, why? Why is this taking so long? But it's over, and his paperwork is signed. Like I said, he is en route, so he will be there for the Tuesday night matchup with Calgary. And, you know, they they got him for reasons like this. Yeah. So what do we think? I know we were – Jared Bednar has said he is going to be on the third line. Didn't say who else would be on that third line. Didn't say who would be on the fourth line. Didn't say who would be leaving the mm-hmm. roster. But that's what we're here for, to kind of guess about all that stuff. So that's all the information we have is that he's going to be on the third line. Who else makes up that third line? Honestly, this is where it gets tricky because if you, you've heard us mention it a couple of times when it comes to the face-off percentages, mm-hmm. JT Comfer lives on that third line. He is also a left wing, but he's been like 75%, like 60 70% on the face-offs, which has been a sore spot hard to move him on that third line 
Mm. Yeah, so, I know. And, and, but I feel like he's played some center at times. Like, like he could do it. Um, because he's listed as a left winger. So is Lincoln. In. Um, and then you have O'Connor is listed as a right wing, but you, you know, I think you're going to, I feel like Confer has been playing better. Oh yeah. I, th- I feel like everybody has been on, on those bottom six ever since these trades went down. So you have, have Lincoln in as uh, one of those guys on, on the third line. Um, where do you put Nico Sturm? Is he, is he your fourth line guy? He's been playing great since he came over. So I, I was thinking really putting him down on that fourth line mm-hmm. just to have that physical, you know, that last little push before that top line comes out. Like if he's going out there and he's diving around and trying to make plays on that fourth line and buying extra time and extra rest for that top line. Yeah. Nico, he needs to kind of, he'll go down to that fourth line and Honestly, on that third line, if you could put Lincoln in with New Hook, yeah, I feel like that is your money combo, right? Yeah, there. yeah, exactly. I think Lincoln and New Hook, and then who's the other? Probably Comfer. There's your, yeah. you know, uh, center left wing, and I know Lincoln's listed as a, a left winger too. I, I don't think it's too difficult for those guys to, you know, switch things around, especially JT Comfer, who I feel like yeah. can kind of be <clears throat> jack of all trades if he needs to be when it t- comes to left wing or, or right wing. And then on your fourth line, yeah, I think Sturm is is your centerman. Like he's he's been great on faceoffs. Um, then you got Abe Kubel, you got Cagliano, and you have uh, O'Connor. And I, you know, I think O'Connor is in there. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's been kind of, you know, taking a, a step back recently. But I think just the, the coaching staff likes him. They like his penalty kill. So I think he's he's safe. Uh, so then you're, you're basically between Abe Kubel and, and Cagliano. So do you want to go with the guy that you just got, or do you want to go with the guy that you got a couple months ago? This is where you put Cagliano out there because he ha- since he's joined the Avalanche, he has not seen more than 10 minutes of ice time. Like this is where you test out exactly what we got here because out of every acquisition with the exception of Lincoln and so far, he's the question mark. Like, you know what you're getting at Sturm. You know what you're getting in Manson. Cogliano, you really haven't seen a lot. So put him out there. Let him prove himself. And if that doesn't work, we'll go back with a starting to get a little hot, Abe Kubel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I find it funny that you, know, you have to put Cogliano out there to, to prove himself. And the guy's 34 years old. But, you know, he's with a new team. So he's got to prove yeah. himself with a new team. I get that. Uh, and this is kind of like what you've been saying recently is like the abs are in a position to screw around with some things mm-hmm. and see what works. So if you don't put Abe Kubel out there right now, you, you tell him like, look, it's not fully because of how you've been playing. Uh, we have to see what we, we can put together and we got to put the best lines together. And if that's Cogliano, then that's what it's going to be. And, yeah. and, you know, and maybe that'll make, get him, going a little bit more but yeah i mean he came on when when they brought him in off that waiver wire like that was he, he that's just what a guy can do when he's gone from the flyers for this year to a team like the abs and he was he was money yeah it's kind of died down a little bit maybe you can you know catch lightning in a bottle with cogliano hasn't really happened yet 
but once uh you know he you, he comes in and say like all right you are our fourth line guy this is what we want you to do nothing more nothing less once he knows what his role is with his new team maybe you start seeing a little bit better production from him and a little bit of uptick in numbers or, and, or i should say a little bit uptick in in time not numbers but and what you're all doing this for in another credit to where the abs have put themselves in the standing positionally like you can play around with it because you want to know exactly what role these players are going to fill if you need them or have to use them in the playoffs. Like if you get up there and you're, let's say if the season ended today, we're playing Dallas and you need to get more physical and you know what you've seen out of Cogliano, you know, okay, we could put him in or you need to know what your scratches are going to be and what you're getting for these line combos in the playoffs. This is all practice for the playoffs. We're there. We're in. We know we're there. We need to figure out exactly what works with who for these situational moments when we get there. We lost, what, seven players in the bubble during the playoffs and had to rely on Hutchinson and so many random goalies. It's good to have this knowledge going into the playoffs, not figuring it out on the fly on the when the lights are the brightest in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And, and getting back to Lankanen, because that's what everybody's going to be watching. Tuesday night and what he can do, you know, I think he just fits in so nicely with this avalanche team. He's got good mm-hmm. speed. Uh, what, what the avalanche we're, we're looking for. And we've touched on this in episodes in the past after their acquisitions was zone exits. It's where they've mm-hmm. struggled a lot this year to have clean zone exits and even zone entries for that matter, especially on the power play, but they got, you know, uh, Sturm, who's a big body. So they, they, they covered your your physical nature with Sturm and Manson. And then with, with Manson and Lankinen, you have a defender and now a forward who are really good at zone exits, collecting the puck in the defensive zone and getting it out of there. And if yeah. you have both of those two guys, I, they're not going to be on the same line because one's a defender, one's a, uh, one's a forward. But if they're going to be out there at the same time, that's – double bonus because you have you know Sturm who's great at doing it finding Lankinen who's great at doing it so uh, I think this is this is really what the Avalanche are looking forward to when it comes to Lankinen and and his zone exits and just his skill he's a little bit on the thin side but uh, I think his skill kind of overtakes maybe his lack of muscle and I think people are gonna be really impressed with him that don't really watch a lot of Canadian games I think you're gonna love having this guy around for you know what the playoffs what they're going to need from from all of their players in the playoffs i think without a doubt when you hear uh bednar talk about lincoln and like you heard McNabb talking about seeing him in practice the other day and being a straight up hockey player like he's like he's five nine 179 pounds like not that huge hmm. but his i've heard bednar compare his style to a very uh a val nachushkin light like he said, it's another Val Nachushkin, and he they want some more of that that bowling ball physicality when it comes to play, and not like every time you hear him talk about the Joe's trade, they always reference the Vegas series and how they weren't physical enough, mm-hmm. where Joe's would take himself out of the play when he doubted himself. Like Lincoln will insert himself in the play, and that's what they're wanting is more. And with the zone exits, that's how you start it, and getting that with Lincoln, I think is going to be a really really huge addition for the avalanche yeah be interesting to see how much time they give because he's been he hasn't been playing for a little while with all of this nonsense going on they just ease him in but you're going up against calgary 
So you don't have time really to ease him in. He's got to jump in there feet first and, and let's see what you can do, man. Uh, get the puck and go. So I'm really looking forward to him settling in nicely with this team. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's hear from who do we got first here today? Bet online and then uh, GM meetings. Those are always fun to discuss. But uh, after months of playing college basketball has determined the top seeds for their final four and will determine this year's national champions when this coming week. I have two. No, who do I have Duke I had in and I can't remember if that's all I had. I remember my final four. I had Houston. I had, uh, I had obviously uh, Purdue winning it. And they're out. And who's the other one? So you got North Carolina. You got Duke. You got oh Kansas. I had Kansas. So I had two out okay. of four. I had two out of four. Not bad. All right. Uh, but BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. You name it. BetOnline.net has got it. It remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. It is betonline.net where the game starts. All right. If you subscribe to The Athletic, um, or you can go other places too that are reporting on this. We're just reading from uh, the athletic because I just like the reporting. Uh, Pierre Lebrun has, did he do? Yeah, he did both of these. So there's two articles that he has up there now of what's going on in the GM meetings. And, the, you know, I love what goes on on the ice for hockey. Don't get me wrong. It's uh, obviously uh, the, the best sport in the world, but I get just as much enjoyment out of what goes on off the ice, like the trade deadline like the, uh, the, the draft and mm-hmm. stuff like this, like, like NHL GM meetings. So they just talk, they get together and they hash things out. They talk about, you know, concerns that they have within the league, you know, collective bargaining agreements that are coming up pretty soon, which we will get into in the off season. Uh, but, you know, some of the things that they talk about here are things that we'll bring up. And, and one of the, the big ones is the, the salary cap and extending it into the playoffs and you know for anybody that maybe hockey fans that have been living under a rock uh there is no salary cap in the playoffs and there's varying reasons various reasons why there's not but the interesting thing is and he gets into this in the article is there's no concrete reason as to why just when they implemented the salary cap uh, they just didn't include it and the reasons that they give some make sense. I mean, I guess they all make sense, but there's no one clear cut reason why. So we don't have a salary cap, but with the way things have gone recently and people circumventing it using the LTIR, which is, you know, within rights, but it just kind of rubs some people the wrong way. So they're discussing carrying the salary cap into the playoffs. Good idea. I think it's a fantastic idea. Honestly, it's one of those that if you're going to gamble and set your team up like Vegas or Tampa Bay, if things go wrong, you have to deal with it. Like your Colorado Avalanche, like your mid-tier, mid-talent team, like we don't have the resources a lot of these other teams have when it comes to facilities and finances and that swagger. So it's – if 
something doesn't go right, you don't get to circumnavigate with the LTIR and then, oh, everyone's magically healthy for the playoff run. Here we go. Yeah. Like you, make it an even playing field for everyone. And this this will help out teams, including like the lower tier teams, like your Ottawa, your Detroit, your San Jose's. Like this makes it even for everybody. So the, here's my, my issue with it is, you know, th- things you have to address things like this when they become a problem and it wasn't a problem for a solid 10 years you know they implemented the cap in 2005 and it wasn't until 2015 when chicago utilized it with patrick kane and went on to win a championship and now you had uh tampa do it and now you have vegas actively doing it mm-hmm. so for the first 10 years was never a problem so there's no reason to address it within the last seven You've had at least three. And did, did Tampa do it twice? I don't know if Tampa, I think Tampa just did it that one time. But you've had at least three teams do it in the later stage, like in the most in more recent years. Okay, now it needs to be addressed. If, yeah. if, if it was just an outlier that Chicago was doing it that one year and they utilized it, they found the loophole. But when you win the championship in doing it, other teams are going to be like, Okay. Yep. We, we weren't going to do it before, but they did it and won a championship. And guess what? Their names are engraved. So we're going to start doing it. And now you're going to see more and more teams doing it. So it needs to get addressed. I, I really like what LeBron says in here. Uh, Gord Miller actually posted it. And he has kind of like a, a soft cap or I don't know how he calls it. Um, during the regular, so he says during the regular season, a team's uh, NHL roster of 23, 23 players max must be under the cap. That wouldn't work in the playoffs with expanded rosters. And he says, my proposal, the game roster, which is 20 guys, has to be mm-hmm. under the cap. So that would work. So you, you, can, you can have your 23 guys. So it's basically every day you're putting together numbers. It's a numbers yeah. game. And okay, what are the guys we have? This is our expanded roster for the playoffs. Which 20 guys are we plucking out of that expanded roster to get under the cap? Yeah. That I like. That I like. We can do something like that. If you if you dress them, cap them. It's basically yeah. that that simple. And honestly, I I really like that idea. And it's you can still get the best of both worlds. You can play with the LTIR a little bit, carry them all the way and then figure out what you can afford to put on the ice. It's a reward for getting there um, to getting to the playoffs that you get this luxury of picking and choosing your roster, but like Mm. it also limits it from really abusing the LTIR. Yeah. Right. Cause it does need to get addressed. It does. Mm -hmm. It's it's, I don't want to say it's getting out of hand, but uh, teams aren't going to think twice about, if they should utilize LTIR, that's in a good position to do so. So, um, and they're not breaking any rules by doing it. So we'll see where that goes. Another one was no trade lists. Uh, And this obviously is coming up because of Vegas and their, you know, their debacle. And so the kind of something similar to how I was just talking about the LTIR and, and, you know, salary cap circumvention wasn't a problem for the first 10 years. This really isn't a problem either. You know what I mean? Like, like it it happened. I love that it happened to Vegas. 
Mm-hmm. But but this is not something that happens every single trade deadline. So do we need to go revamping everything because it happened? I think the NHL is of the mind of this is embarrassing. Yes, we're going to address it. Where I think a lot of people are like, well, because it did happen, teams are now going to be very, they're going to, you know, check all of those boxes off to make sure it doesn't happen to them. But I don't think the NHL wants to take that risk and they're going to implement some stuff. And we'll get into one of the main things in a second, but I want to get your take on, on if it should happen or not. I honestly might be on the other side of this coin. I might be one of those, like it was caught. There's not so much of a competitive advantage when it comes to this little snafu, if you will. But like, this is basically just a clerical error and executives not doing their job on really examining the contracts and these no trade agreements. Hmm. They're not really a list. It's an agreement. Um, I just don't get how, I'm sorry, knowing that no trade clauses are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Why would you not just, that would just be in my, again, my checklist of things to do if I'm trading a player. Does he have a no trade list? And it just seems that that Vegas didn't even ask that question. So, and you're not getting into the logistics of, you know, who's at fault here. I think a lot of people are at fault here, but Vegas obviously is for not asking that question. That's a basic question. If you're going to trade a guy, you make sure you can trade him to that team. seems pretty simple. And if, and when you go farther into this article, when you see how these no trade lists are actually set up, there's really nothing in play to where you could say, I have a 10 team no trade list. And then you say, okay, well, that's fine. We're going to trade you to Columbus. And you're like, oh yeah, that's one of my 10. Who really could like, who can. Well, it, are you saying like, they could pull a fast one on them? Yeah. Like, oh, that's like, that's part of my 10. They go, can't do that. No, 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 no. They, they can't, that, that list has to be in. There is a, like, it's gotta be with the team that he's currently with. That's the problem is especially with dad off like he ottawa had that list and when he got traded ottawa was supposed to turn that list over vegas is saying they never did that so a list is supposed to be in and filed and they can't just pull the rug out and say like no i don't want to go there because then you essentially just have a no trade clause for whatever you want to do well if these are turned in between is an agreement between player and agent but again we're i i, I kind of say that tongue-in-cheek like that scenario but we're talking about scenario that we have taken for granted. Like this should not happen. Right. Like no trade clauses. Like you should understand what teams are on that list and where they can and cannot go. But here we are with a reverse trade. Never seen yeah. that in my life. <laughs> and here we are having the conversation. Like, yeah. should this be, I think the whole system, like bringing it back to you, if it does get addressed, it does need to go to a database or something. But it, right. it's it's very loosey goosey, and we've been riding really good on this road trip on donuts, and yeah, I think that's kind of how it is right now. Well, and that that's what the proposal is: is, is give it to Central Registry, and they have it. And then if a, tra- a player is going to be traded, so easy to bring that up. Okay, you know, I, and Pierre LeBrun says something about um, he had one team executive who and lebron wants their wants this to happen and personally he wants that to happen and he got a text from an exec 
uh, he read his column and he disagreed with him. Um, and, he, and he said, okay, here you go. He didn't feel like the wheel needed to be reinvented. I guess that's a great way to put it. Is, that, is kind of how I was trying to describe it is you don't need to reinvent the wheel because one stupid thing happened. Uh, but again, the, the league is probably very embarrassed by it. So they're going to act on it. Um, they should call the agent and ask if they can provide a timestamped email in the list submitted. They will either get the document or be informed that it was not sent. And there's one other, oh, he's, I get what this team exec is saying and that the information in those lists is sensitive. And that is true. You know, you have these guys, if it gets out who's on their list, that's not good. That, that, that's personal kind of info that really shouldn't be out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, it, and how protected is it if it goes into central registry? You would hope pretty much protected. But one other thing we're going to get to here is leaks. And does that, you know, would... You, you, you hear the term central registry and that seems like you know uh it's like a tron like, reference like a, like a vault you know what i mean like it's not going to get out but crazier things have happened so that's the risk that you run i don't know i don't I, I agree i like the phrasing of reinventing the wheel i don't think it needs to be done it was a stupid error and because it happened every team is going to be due diligence on making sure they know exactly if there is a no trade clause and where the team the teams he can and cannot go to so. Yeah, I'm I'm all about the information being in the right hands because you don't want no trade lists also becoming bargaining chips. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I know where Pawlowski wants to go. Right, uh, yeah, right. You, you don't want that to happen. Like, hey, why don't you tell me a little bit about your player as me, the agent, and I'll tell you two of the teams that my guy's <laughs> not going to go to. Right, yeah, so... Uh, another interesting thing. So a couple more to get to. First, we're going to hear from Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse, warehouse happens to carry when you have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when choosing Rock Auto. It's a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and the prices are reliably low for every customer. So go explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution to your auto parts needs. You can go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your cart or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, what else we got here? Uh, officiating was, uh, a, you know, a big topic. And I don't know what to make of this, man, because the, the phrasing that they use is they want consistency. And I got to ask the question, like, why in 2022 are we still complaining about inconsistency in officiating? It's kind of like, even when they went back to, really calling cross checks it's like mm -hmm. why did we even need to go there to begin with it's in the rule book call it and that is the only thing that i care about is like call the rule book yeah it's that simple i don't like these unwritten rules and the you know of, of you don't well you don't call this and i said it in in yesterday's episode about eric johnson and the then the dumb penalty he committed at the end 
And some people were like, you don't call that at that stage in the game. I don't, I don't play by that. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter to me if it's, you know, the first minute of the game or the 59th, you call it. Yeah. I, that's just me because it's, you're, you're going to go both. Once you start having those gray areas, there's no end to those gray areas. And, yep. and how far up, how far much do you back up because it happened in the last minute? And then if, then when it happens in the second to last minute, then you're going to be complaining about that. Call the rule book. It's easy to do, but we just, there were, there were execs in this article saying, we just don't know what a penalty is. It's kind of yeah. like, like the NFL saying for a long time, we don't know what pass interference is. That's not good. This is the rules we're talking about here. It should be simple, clear as day. And it's not right now. And honestly, if I, I side with the GMs here, you want consistency, especially coming out of that game against Minnesota, you would see so many, what you would say, like that was a slash. Why didn't they call it? But why did they call this? Like, just call it both sides. Like if that was a slash, call the slash. Like I just, there's enough, there's linesmen, there's referees there are enough eyeballs on this where they could get it right. They have Toronto watching the games enact them. If it's a 50, 50 enact it. Like, I don't know what you have to do to be more consistent in this regard, but when it comes to the game, like you mentioned, this game's been around for a hundred plus years. We've taken out the two line pass, but everything else is pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. It's like frustrating on one end because you you should go into a watching a hockey game and and knowing what's going to be called, um, and <laughs> excuse me, um, I don't know. It, it, it like I said, it's just, it's just it's just frustrating. It's calls are going to get missed, you know. Like yeah. that, that's I think that's the, the some people say it's the beauty in sports is is the human error part of it. I'm okay with that. That 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 gives you and I something to you know complain about on a podcast like that. Yeah. Every once in a while, calls going to get missed. But when you know that you can see the positioning of the refs, and you know they just blatantly don't call something. Maybe we, why don't we why don't we have refs have press conferences? That you know would I mean? solve so would. many problems. What what did you see and and kind of really have a sit down with them and be like, you know, be honest. I know it's easier yeah. said than done because they're always going to kind of, you know, say, well, you know, it wasn't, a, I didn't see it or something, but you know, if you can kind of like press them to not do that and just be like, look, like you might get dragged through the mud for missing this call, but if you can just own up to it, maybe people would be more willing to like, I would be, yeah. if a ref would do a press conference and say, yeah, I missed that one. Okay. Thank you. Don't give me the BS, uh, you know, answer of there was no penalty there. And maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe we just need to hear from the refs as to why they're calling it the way that they are or are not. And I could see both sides of why you wouldn't, but honestly, what you need to do is have these referees finish the game, come out five questions. That's all you get. There you go. Five questions, answer five questions about your calls that you made the night. And guess what? We get our answers and the referees go and say, you know what? They were really grilling me about why I called that hooking. And then he's going to think about next time he suits up and hits the ice. Mm -hmm. You know, that last, I, I'm going to have to really pay attention to my hooking. Guess what? Everybody gets better. Yeah. The referees get better. Our information is better. And we get to sleep with a little bit more peace. At night. 
Yeah, they so, don't have to answer to anything right now. And that's just not right. We all nope. in our jobs have to answer to somebody. And well, they answer to somebody, but but we don't hear about that at all. At the end of the year. Yeah. And I th- I'm just I think in, in the sports world, it's just an information driven entity mm-hmm. with sports like we should have that information when it yeah. comes to officials. We have information on everything else. Why don't we have information on that? I don't know. And then especially with Department of Player Safety, you know, we we just, we really need a revamp there. Like that's just getting ridiculous. Like we need a, a, a chart of this. If you do this, you get this and it's cut and dry. And I, and it's so funny when you see people on social media say, let's spin the wheel. And that that's the best analogy that you can come up with that because you, you literally have no idea. And that's not right. We should not have to be playing guessing games on, on, on a suspension or a fine or nothing. It's, you did this, you get this. Here's a little chart. And even, you know, Tommy Boy Callahan would be able to understand it, you know, with That's... Herbie Hancock. <laughs> it, like what it's it's a it's like a kindergarten principle that would solve so many things. Like the penalties are very inconsistent. The repercussions are inconsistent. The appeals process is inconsistent your history is inconsistent if you just say if you did this you get this if you did this within this amount of time you get this plus this right right yeah it's the way you just described it is is much more convoluted than what could be on a piece of paper and you didn't even describe it that that poorly it it, it, i I understand what you you were you were saying but just imagine it's it's just it's an excel spreadsheet it literally can be an excel spreadsheet and, and if you want to throw in the, has a player been, you know, suspended in the past, you could even throw that in there if you really wanted to use that. And I think we put a little bit too much emphasis on that because, you know, some, it, it puts, it puts almost um, for lack of a better term, term limits on like a pass, like a repeat offender status. Like it puts some kind of limit on it. Yeah. Like where we're like with Nas, it hits close to the avalanche. Like it affects some, but not, other players but there's a huge gap of clean but oh he's he did it before like if you make that tighter it helps mm-hmm. so many things yeah agreed so um we'll see if anything else comes out of these but uh they're all good topics and things that need to get addressed so that will wrap it up for today let us know what you guys think of all this stuff now you guys got opinions and we'll be talking to the people in the youtube stream i'm sure very opinionated over there i love it they are yeah um my people so uh for now that's gonna wrap it up thank you for making this your first listen of the day go check out locked on nhl and make that your second listen of the day get caught up in everything going on around the league and uh kyle and i will be back tomorrow to discuss some avalanche flames action so until then he is mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan i am chris maselli and this is the locked on avalanche podcast Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see if we can get the uh, audio stuff figured out ASAP. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go! Go!